All right. We're in week two. Everybody say week two. We're in week two of this new series we've been doing called Hurry Up, Slow Down. Okay? And so if, you, if you're brand new, the point of Hurry Up and Slow Down is that we live in a culture, we live in a society, we live in a world that's all about the hustle, it's all about the grind, it's all about being in a hurry. Anybody can relate to that, right? And so, uh, yeah, the grind never stops. If you want to be successful, you never sleep, blah, 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 whatever. It's, it's stupid. Anyways, so, but I think, I think that hurry, hustle, um, busyness is one of the number, not one of the top five probably like adversaries to a good spiritual life. I think in order, or even a good life, in order to be a good friend, in order to be a good son or daughter, in order to uh, one day be a good uh, husband or wife, you will have to learn how to not be in a hurry all the time. You have to figure out how to spend intentional time uh, with each other, how to spend intentional time uh, even with yourself, how to, how to spend intentional time with God, how to spend intentional time uh, bettering yourself, things like that. And you're not always supposed to be hustling or in a hurry or doing all that kind of stuff, right? It holds you back. Uh, nothing good ever happens when you're in a hurry, right? Most accidents happen because people are in a hurry. Um, most bad dis- financial decisions happen because people are in a hurry or they're, they're, they're stressed, right? We, we don't make good decisions when we're in a hurry. Ha- anybody ever s- tried to cram for a test the night before? Right? You probably didn't get a good grade on that test, unless it was like an easy test. But you, you probably didn't do as good as you would have if you would have taken your time, right? Because good things don't happen when you hurry. Amen? So what are we going to do? The only thing we're going to hurry up to is we're going to hurry up and slow down. We're going to get to slowing down as fast as we can. Because as soon as we slow down, as soon as we walk at the pace of Jesus, which was a slow pace, as soon as we do that, life gets a lot better. Amen? Okay. We're going to switch, switch it up from different than how I've been doing the last couple weeks. We're going to start with the Word of God. Okay, so open your Bibles if you have them. If you don't, on your phone, you can get a Bible app. You can download that, or I'll have it on the screen for you. But we're going to do Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 through twenty. Four, I think, or 23, something like that. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, till when I stop reading. Give me an uh-huh when you're there. All right, that's enough, okay? Uh, that's enough for me to start reading. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have the Bible app on your phone, pause real quick. Um, on your phone, you could go to the App Store, look up, uh, Bible app, and there's like a little brown thing with the yellow Bible. Download that. It's the best thing ever. It's Bible on your phone with whatever translation you want. It's amazing. And they've got uh, daily Bible verses. They have Bible reading plans. The app is amazing. Also, if you don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, we have Bibles. Okay? So I'll just do it real quick. If anybody wants a Bible, does anybody want a Bible? Like you don't have one and you want to keep one forever and you want to read it because you love God or you're thinking about doing it. Anybody want to have a Bible? Okay, cool. All right, good. You all got Bible. Sweet. Um, If you're like, wait, no, uh, I want one. They're back in the sound booth. Grab one after service, okay? Here we go. Verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened. Pause. Um, What 
happened? Right? When Jesus had heard what had happened, let's first think about what happened. Okay, there's this guy named John the Baptist. Anybody know who John the Baptist is? Raise your hand if you know who John the Baptist is. Okay. Is this ugly dude who smelled funny and ate crickets, but he was a prophet, okay? And he baptized Jesus. Anybody know that story where Jesus gets baptized, comes up, and then, a, and then a, the spirit hovers over the water like a dove, and a voice from heaven comes out and says, this is my son who I'm all pleased. Okay. <laughs> that's great. You guys did so good. Um, but, so that's John the Baptist. Funny enough, John the Baptist was actually Jesus' cousin. Talks about some of that earlier on, okay? Uh, so Jesus, it's safe to say that Jesus loved John. They were family. Uh, John was a prophet. John was the first one to say that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah. And John baptized Jesus, okay? So Jesus loved John. And so the happening, when Jesus heard what had happened, was that John was beheaded by Herod. So John, there was, a, there was a, a, a girl who didn't like John, and the king loved her, and she said, cut the head off of John and put it on a platter, and they did it. So Jesus heard about this, and you're like, whoa, what? That's in the Bible? Yeah, the Bible's buck wild, okay? So when Jesus heard that his cousin got his head cut off, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Some translations say desolate place, some say the wilderness, some say a quiet place. If you're taking notes, the title of tonight's message is A Quiet Place. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Okay. So when Jesus drew, <laughs> drew, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. The crowds were bugging Jesus, okay? Uh, like paparazzi style. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So he wasn't like Justin Bieber slapping people, telling them to get out of his face. He was like, you know what? I love you. Let me heal some sick folk. Jesus was dope. Right? Amen? If you think Jesus is dope, give me a uh-huh. All right. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, meaning there's nothing around us. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. So the disciples say, hey, it's getting late. It's getting dark. And we're nowhere near the closest in and out. So Jesus, you should let these people go so they can get to the closest town and grub. Then Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said, uh, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. So not enough to feed 20,000 people. And also not a very balanced diet. Okay. <laughs> God, we've got two dozen Krispy Kreme donuts and 14 cans of sardines. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just memeing. Okay. We have <laughs> only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking five loaves and two fish and looking 
up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. And he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to his people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So much food, they had 12 baskets left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So we, we averaged it out to about 20,000. It was 5,000 men and their families, okay? And if there's four per household, do the math. Um, so there could have been more because some of those families were big. But Jesus here wants to retreat to a quiet place. And when he gets to the place of retreat, there's people there bugging him. And his response is to heal them and then feed them. And then when he feeds them, he feeds them so well that there's 12 basketfuls left over for his own disciples. Immediately, verse 22, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So Jesus said, all right, we're done feeding them. Get on the boat, go to the other side. I'll meet you there. Jesus is saying, hey, love you. Probably signing autographs, signing babies' foreheads and stuff. No, I'm just kidding. But he's loving on the people and as they leave, okay? And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. So he got back to the quiet place. All right, sit on that. We'll get back to it. Has anybody ever been bored before? Raise your hand if you've been bored. This book I've been reading called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, the chapter that talks about uh, what we're talking about tonight, starts off with John Mark Comer, the author, reminding us that back in the day there was this thing called boredom. And so let me, t- let me tell you about real boredom because you guys have been bored but you haven't been really bored okay so this was before like you you had cell phones this was before like when I this is crazy but when I was like a little kid there wasn't a whole lot of like even internet games to play on or whatever like that happened when I was in like maybe late elementary school to middle school so when I was real young when you were bored you were just bored there was nothing to do you go we would go down I'd go downstairs to the bottom level Open up this closet. We had a toy closet. Anybody have a toy closet? No? Now you just have an iPod, iPad closet or whatever. But anyway, so we had a toy closet. We had real toys back in the day. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, you're like, dude, Brett, we get it. Anyways, so I'd open it up. All my dinosaurs were in there. I pull Aladar out because he's my favorite dinosaur. What's up? I said, what's up, Aladar? Anybody know? Anybody mess with Aladar? Okay. All right. Here we go. So if you don't, go on Disney Plus and watch the movie Dinosaur. You know Aldar. Anyways, so I so I, I get Aldar. I pull all the adversaries out. Yeah, Aldar's gonna kill you. Yeah, 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 whatever. And then and then I get bored of that. Okay, what's the next thing? And you know, and then me and my brother would play cops and robbers or something, which is like imagine we'd run out around whatever. And then one time we got so bored that we went down. Our house sat on this. It had the backyard, but it kind of sat on this hill. We went down the hill and there was barbed wire fence. So we went and stole my dad's uh, um, wire cutters and. Pew, the barbed wire fence, and we crawled in there like into the into the unknown. Okay, so we went in, and it was crazy. It was like Stranger Things. We we're on the we we're in the upside down now, and so we we're we we're going in, walking around, and having a good time. And we decided that we we're gonna make this place our fortress. So we like started booby trapping the place, and we started making like we made this like cool like tiki hut in the middle, and like all this stuff. And it was it was dope. All right, it was sick. And 
It was like Narnia, okay? And if people walked in, we booby-trapped it so they get smoked by a bucket of water or something, like if they're walking through there at night or something. So, because we were bored. Anybody been on a road trip before, like a really long road trip, you've been bored? Okay, so I, I, a couple of times, because I moved a lot as a kid, and then one time my grandparents moved from Washington to Arizona, and my dad was like, hey, uh, me and Brett will, well, I'll drive the truck, and Brett will ride with me from Washington to Arizona. I said, say what? And so anyways, so we went, and I was like in like second or third grade, probably third grade, and so there's nothing. You ever been in a U-Haul truck? They don't got a TV in there. They don't got like a nice little movie area. They don't got nothing in a U-Haul truck. They don't even hardly got walls in a U-Haul truck. It's loud. It's, it's, it, Shable was in a U-Haul truck a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was running late to our student leader meeting, so I picked her up in a U-Haul truck. But um, long story. Anyways, basically. Uh, so I'm in this U-Haul truck with my dad. I don't even got a Game Boy. I don't got nothing, right? We're, we were too poor. I, couldn't, I didn't afford a PSP. So I'm like, if you know what that is. Uh, so I didn't have nothing. So me and my dad would do this game where I put my hand out. Like, he put his hand out like this. I put my hand on top, and he tried to slap my hand like this. <laughs> like this. Like, how bored do you have to be to do that, right? Or we'd be going, like, we'd be driving. My dad would just randomly reach across and just slap me in the chest. Boom! And I'm like, Ugh! like that. And he, I'm like, ah, you got me. And he's like, oh, just checking if you're awake. All right. But then after a couple hours, I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I start to look out the window and I start imagining myself like at first it was cool. I imagined myself riding a dirt bike like like on the, you know, just jumping these jumps. I'm like, dude, that'd be sick. You know, yes. And then it got a little less cool. I imagined myself on a horse, you know, with the wind. I had a cowboy hat on, so I was good. You know, you know, going through. And then it moved. My hair got really long and flowy. I was like, whoa, this is getting weird. And then the saddle went away. I'm riding bareback, and it's just like whoosh, you know, on a white horse. And then it was a unicorn. I was like, okay, pause. You know, what's going on? But I was bored. So my imagination went wild. The problem with today that I've noticed, at least in myself, maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe, it's, maybe I'm right. But I feel like the digital age has put a very low ceiling on our imagination. Sometimes being bored literally out of your mind spurs on these amazing imaginative things where I cre- we created this fortress out in the woods or I found myself riding a white unicorn uh, with a six-pack on the side of a road in Idaho, you know. <laughs> but now we have all this, so whenever we get bored, we just turn this on. And our imagination doesn't have to run wild because we're just watching a bunch of content creators. So we get, to, we get to experience their imagination instead of ours. And their creativity instead of ours. And then everything we've longed for, being a doctor or being a marine biologist or being whatever, gets minimized to being a YouTuber. I'm not saying that being a YouTuber is bad. I'm just saying not everybody's called to be a YouTuber. But some of these moments of boredom for me when I was a kid were un- uninterrupted moments where God could speak to me. So the digital age, I think, caps imagination, and it limits our ability to be present. Right? What happens if you're sitting in a room and it's awkward? What do you do? Right? You're like in, in like some 
Your parents are like, hey, we're going over to a friend's house for dinner. You're like, I don't know these people. Oh, gosh, why would you do that to me? And then you go over, mm, it's so awkward. And then you're like, oh, LOL, why am I here? <laughs> like to my, your friends, right? Sending gifts, like, mm, mm, send help, right? <laughs> oh, my God, get me out of here. My parents said I should date this guy, but he smells funny, right? Or whatever. So in a hurried world, how do we fight back? And I almost think we should get back to being bored. How do I get back to being bored? How do I get my imagination back? How do I get my ability to be present back? How do I not be so exhausted? You ever felt like being present is exhausting? You ever felt like that? Like someone's like, hey, hang up and hang out. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> And then you turn it down. You turn your phone off and you put it over there. And then it's just looking at you in the side of the head. Like, oh, God. <laughs> you know? I better just see if anybody texted me. And then you find out nobody texted you. And you're like, I'm a loser, right? And anyway, and it's just a spiraling thing. So step one. The next four weeks, we're going we're gonna to learn how to get ourselves back. How to get our imagination back. Step one is silence and solitude. In Matthew 14, the scripture that we read, Jesus needed time to himself. Then he was interrupted. Remember, Jesus wanted time to himself. When he gets there, there's a bunch of people there. So he's interrupted. Then he takes care of those people. He heals them. He feeds them. And then what does he do afterwards? He goes back to the quiet place. So this scripture has been preached many, many times about the feeding the 5,000. And I'm actually not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the before and after. I'm going to talk about the want to get to the quiet place and then the actual getting to the quiet place. In that scripture, throw up the first slide of the scripture, Jake, if you will. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Like I said, there's, depending on what translation you read, there's so many different translations of that word solitary there's desolate desert deserted place desolate place solitary place lonely place quiet place holler uh and wilderness but what we know from that it's this greek word eremos you're like i don't need to know greek yeah me neither but that's what it is and it's translated all those different ways the only reason that's important to me is because we see it many 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 times in the new testament jesus goes to the quiet place very often. Jesus, after he was baptized by John, after the, the spirit hovered over the water and, and God said, this is my son who I'm well please, what does he do? Anybody know? He goes to the wilderness, to the Eremos, to the quiet place, to the solitary place. And what I've thought my whole life is that Jesus going to the wilderness was so that he would be, he's, he, he's, it says he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. So I'm thinking Jesus is going there so that, because it says to be tested. So I thought Jesus was going there so he'd be at his weakest point to see that if he'd fall into temptation. But my mindset is switched. I think Jesus went there because he knew it would be his strongest point so that when the strongest temptation came for him, he would be able to withstand it. So the quiet place, the deserted place, the desolate place, the solitary place is not a place of weakness. It's a place of strength.
And what happens after Jesus does this? After that first one, Jesus starts his ministry. And after this one, so Jesus tries to get to the quiet place, feeds 5,000 people plus, 20,000 people about. Then he sends the disciples away, goes to the quiet place. What, is hap- what happens right after this? Jesus walks about three miles on a stormy lake. So Jesus didn't just walk on water. He walked for hours on water. Right after being at the quiet place. So the quiet place gets us to a place of strength, not weakness. Amen? You come out of the quiet place stronger than when you went in. Here's the other thing. The quiet place isn't for sleep. Jesus wasn't sleeping. He was resting. There's a difference. The quiet place is not for sleep. It's for rest. It's for restoration. It's to be built up. It's like if you went to winter retreat, our whole focus was rest and restoration. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that I'm just taking a nap. It means that I am allowing God to fill me up, to recharge me, to get me into a place that I feel like I have breath again. Amen? But we see Jesus do this many times in the New Testament. So what does that tell me? It tells me it was a rhythm in his life, so it should be a rhythm in our lives. I don't think we go to the quiet place enough. We've watched quiet place probably more than we've been to a quiet place. Anybody ever watch the movie The Quiet Place? Just saying. The famous African theologian St. Augustine said, Entering silence is entering joy. So there's two aspects to silence and solitude, okay? Number one is silence, obviously. And you could probably guess what number two is, but we'll get there in a little bit. Number one is silence. Here's the thing. It's not just external silence. It's internal silence, too. So to enter into this silence that Jesus cherished so much is to get into a place where outside of me it's quiet, like this. quiet then once you get into a place where it's quiet where the outside noise is no longer then you have to figure out how to quiet this so the silence is not just silence around you it's silence fully but what happens is we so often drown out the internal noise with external noise we drown out the internal by turning up the external. Like, what's going on in my head is not good. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I'm stressed. I don't know what's going on in life. I can't hardly think. I'm just, and so what do I do? I just go do something. And I, and I, or I turn up my music loud or, I, or I, I just focus on something else. I play a video game. I do whatever. We, we turn up the external to ignore the internal need. And because the internal is noisy, it doesn't mean it's bad. It means that it's a cry for help from your soul. Saying that I'm not okay, help me become silent again. Quiet the external first, then quiet the internal, and then you'll hear from God in the thin silence. When you can quiet both, in the quieting the external is really easy. Like just like turn everything off. You know what I mean? Like don't even turn on worship music. What? Like just silence. And then sit there and 
and understand that your mind is racing and then get it to stop. And you're like, Brett, that's really hard. Yeah, because it's not supposed to take two minutes. Like sit there for a while and it'll be really good. I promise. It'll be really awkward. You'll be like, dude, what am I doing? But it's really good because God, there's more times than I can even remember when I turned everything off and I got into a quiet place and I was silent externally and internally, I heard from God. And not, I'm not being weird. I'm not saying that God was like, uh, Brett, what's up? What's good, player? Right? It, it, like, it's, it wasn't like that. What I'm saying is, is that I got clarity for my life. I got clarity for my call. I got clarity from a prayer I've been praying over and over and over again that I was just praying, depositing, and walking away. It's like Elijah... In the Bible, he was spoken to by God in the thin silence. If we can't hear the thin silence, if we can't hear the whisper of God, then our life is too noisy. Number two, solitude. So silence and then solitude. Uh, and solitude is not loneliness. It's solitude. Uninterrupted intimacy with God in your vulnerability. You're not going to be alone you're going to be alone with God. Does that make sense? The, the, the solitude is not to, to get away from everybody and be by yourself. It's actually to go to the most important person in your life. Richard Foster wrote, loneliness is inner emptiness. Solitude is inner fulfillment. Here's the thing. You could be lonely in a crowd. Anybody ever been lonely in a crowd before? You're around a whole bunch of people and you feel all alone. But you could be loved in solitude. You could be super lonely in a crowd, but you could be super not alone in solitude. You could be loved by God. Why? Henry Nouwen says, without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live, to thrive in a spiritual life. This is why, anybody ever heard of meditation? Or mindfulness, like that's like a big thing now. Like YouTube's like, here, look at this meditation playlist. And it's like crickets and waterfalls. And you're like, just in the silence. You know why? Because God's people, God's creation longs for him. And so the world is like, we found this thing that's groundbreaking, guys. It's called meditation and mindfulness. And yoga. <laughs> and avocado toast. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, they're like, we found this. It's groundbreaking. You just, you, it's weird. You just go, you get silent, and then you just, like, think about nothing for, like, 15 minutes. And it's life-changing. You're like, uh, that's been around for, like, 2,000 years. And also, the cool thing is, that plus Jesus is life-changing. When you're in the silence and it's no longer silent, there's a whisper from the creator of heaven and earth. It changes your life. Amen? The world knows that silence can bring healing. We just know the healer, right? The biggest threat to our faith today is distraction. We're going to close really quick. The biggest threat... 
to our faith is not some person telling us that God's not real. It's not us not feeling it anymore. The biggest threat to our faith is distraction. Is thinking that God's not that important. That God can fit into a five-minute time slot in my day. Not that God created my entire day. Right? So, so the goal for this silence and the solitude, the, the goal for the quiet place that I'm talking about, is to reintroduce yourself to God. To get to a place where you're not busy, you're not hurried, you're not even stressed, and you're not anxious. If you get really good at silence and solitude, you won't, you won't be anxious in it. And when you get to that place, you find God. Every time Jesus went to the quiet place, what did he do? He prayed. He was going after the Father. Even so that he would do it overnight, it was more important to him than actual sleep was. So for us, we have to figure out a way to get the things around us quiet every once in a while. Like, don't walk around and be like, hey, shut up, all right? It's too, you're too loud, uh, you know? Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, like Jesus did, retreat to the quiet place. Get, get into your room, close the door, turn everything off, leave your phone somewhere else, and then just sit there for a while and listen and quiet everything outside of you and everything inside of you. Amen? Does that sound cool? This is step one into unhurrying our life. Because the hurriedness, the busyness, the grind mentality, will, it will kill you. Because you can't keep up. And it will either kill you or kill everybody around you. The wealthiest people in the world uh, are really alone. Because they don't have time for anybody else. Look at like the top five richest people in the world and see how many times they've had a divorce. Just saying. Anyways, so for us, life is more than just the grind. Life is more than busyness. So let's hurry up and slow down. Amen? Can we practice this? Can we practice this for like five, ten minutes real quick? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have uh, some lovely helpers um, pass around. We got some cards. Are the cards back there? Okay, so we, who, who's going to help pass them around? Okay, go back. Go grab them. Uh, you want to help too? Go ahead. We're going to grab some cards. We're going to grab some pens. And then, uh, Jake, if you will, can you just throw some... Um, I know we're talking about silence, but I also... There's a lot of people in here. It's not going to be silent. So let's throw on some prayer music. All right, so we'll get halfway there. Just so that it's not too awkward. We got new people here. So everybody take a card and a pen. Everybody take a card and a pen. And then once you get it, I'm going to let you know what we're going to do. And if you're watching us online, welcome, by the way. Uh, you look great. And uh, go ahead and grab like a notebook and a pen. And you could do this with us, okay? Quick, 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 quick.
Yeah, just real quiet like that. Perfect, perfect. 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 Cool, cool, cool. Yes. I'm going to tell. Okay. All right, everybody. Pay attention. So check this out. Everybody see this board up here? It says what I see. And there's been a bunch of people in the church that have written things on those cards and we put them on this. And there's a little kid who wrote this one. It says, I want God to work in my life. I want to witness and invite neighbors to church. I want to take down the walls in my life so that I can shine my light. I want Je- it's simple. I want Jesus to give me a happy, healthy family. I want to be an example of God's love to my family, okay? So here's the thing. This is what I see. It says what I see because it's what we see for this next year. This is what I want us to do. We're going to spread out all around the room, or you could stay in your seat, I don't care, but if you want to like get to a quieter place, like <laughs> meaning just like in a place where you're not right next to somebody, then do it. If you want to come up here and write on the floor, we're going to take like five, ten minutes, and here's all that I want you to do. And you're like, it, this might be your first time here, and I'm sorry, this, it's going to be good, okay? It's not weird. We're just going to hear from God, okay? So we're going to get around the room. We're going to sit in this atmosphere. Don't I don't want anybody talking to each other. No conversations. It's just you, the, pe- the pen and paper, and God, okay? So I want us to spread out, get to a place where we could just be alone and in our own thoughts. And I want you to sit for a couple minutes and wait for God to tell you something that he's wanting to do in your life this year. Or for you to just get a feeling like, hey, I want to be closer to God this year. You can write that down. I don't care. Just the next couple minutes, write something on that piece of paper that you think God's going to do in your life in the next year, okay? So take your time, spread around the room. We're going to take the next five to ten minutes. And when you're done, when you've written something down, you can set it here up on the stage, and then we're going to put it all on this board. And you don't need to put your name. It can be anonymous. I, I, don't, I don't need to see your name on it. I just want you to be alone and hear the whisper of God for a second. Is that cool? All right, take a couple minutes. What is God speaking to you? What does he want to do in your life this year? Does he want to bring your parents to Christ? Does he want your family to be restored? Does he want your siblings to come home? Does he want your best friend to know him? Does he want you to spend more time with him? What does he want? 